Welcome to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast, where we explore the conscious use of technology. Listen in to hear thought leaders and other guests discuss the human relationship with technology and learning to thrive in the digital era. Hosted by the author of the international best-selling digital self-mastery series and being at work, Dr. Heidi Forbes Usta. Welcome back to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast. Today, I'm very excited to introduce to you an old friend of mine. His name is Mike Wolf. He's the owner and president of Hospitality Data Systems, which is a distributor of digital dining, among other hospitality technologies. Now, Mike is one of those friends that you know is just not on Facebook. He's not connected, doesn't have a big digital footprint. And yet his life is very much around the digital atmosphere and how it's changing the hospitality industry. So I'm excited to have him on the show today to tell us a little bit more about what he's experienced and this evolving industry. So welcome, Mike. Thank you. So can you give us a little bit of a background of one, like how you got into this space and, and sort of what you've seen in the time that you've been working in the digital data systems for hospitality? Uh, sure. So uh, back, in the, back in the 80s, there was uh, an interest in growth in computers, and including Apple and IBM were kind of just becoming names. I had an interest in it while attending college. And um, it just became something I really enjoyed. I was a hotel major at university in London and in the U.S. And I continued to be the person known as the computer guy. Anytime a computer thing came up, they'd call Mike the computer guy. So evolving out of that after college, I joined a restaurant and they were having challenges in implementing their new computer system from their cash registers. And it was something I stepped into, and that turned into my job for the last 30 years. I've been Mike the Computer Guy uh, since the uh, 1990 now. It's funny how we fall into those roles, isn't it? It's sort of like, oh, this is curious. I actually have an affinity for this, so I'm good at this. And everybody says, oh, I don't like doing that. Let's let's, uh, let them (laughs) fix it, right? That's right. Yeah, so, so... Obviously, a lot of things have changed since you first got into this. This weekend, we were having this great conversation really about how the whole landscape about hospitality is run these days and the whole delivery systems and everything is is really changing the way the, the needs of the market, but also the way the market works. Can you share a little bit about how that conversation was and sort of your thoughts on that? Sure. Uh, as technology was growing we became that business solution company. And one of the interesting parts of that is the computers I used to bring around to demonstrate to people weighed in excess of 100 pounds just to bring a computer and a screen into a restaurant and show somebody something in monochrome uh, using their keyboard and possibly uh, the new technology, a light pen one day. But basically how we were gonna automate business process. We were going to increase accuracy with simple math. We were going to properly tax items, inventory things, and handle accounting. It all started like that with kind of an entrepreneurial feel. Every idea we had was driven by a customer. And the customer would say, this is great, but now can you do this? And for now, you know, over 30 years, 
were handling our technology and our telephones, which isn't a term anymore, I guess, our smartphones, far exceeds the first computer systems for thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars we implemented. So there's been uh, quite a shift, like I say, literally from the Pong version, some people mm-hmm. understand, monochrome, two little rackets, a little ball, hours and hours of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and now go to the app on your phone, look up your favorite restaurant, you're hungry, scan through the menu, place your order, pay with your wallet on your phone, walk on by or click deliver, and next thing you know, we've evolved from explaining everything to the cashier or order taker or server bartender all the way to the customer basically controlling the workflow in food service. This is a massive shift in in implementing uh, new technologies because we're giving the customer, the customer facing, basically control over when they're hungry, when they're not, when they want it, are they going to pick it up? Are they going to deliver it and how it gets paid? It's so fascinating. And I think, you know, from the customer perspective, we think, oh, well, this is so easy and isn't this great. But how is that changing on the internal side? One of the things we talked about this weekend that really I hadn't considered before is the impact that has, for example, on the kitchen. Because it's not like they say, well, I'm sorry, we can't take any orders anymore. You just keep on ordering and they're, they're just trying to produce as fast as they can. And then if they're real artisans on the food that they're creating, which a lot of chefs are, it may be sitting in containers or on shelves before it's actually consumed, which creates a whole new product. That's right. One of the um, most interesting things, not just the technology evolution, but customer uh, evolution. As a restaurateur, we beg pleaded, did everything we could to entice you to come inside to our restaurant with massive decorations and investment and fixtures and furnishings and music systems and video systems to entice you in to come dine with us. And now there's a shift going on. We used to think of takeout delivery as just a side light. Geez, that's a bonus. We're glad somebody called in and they're interested in our food, even if they can't come by and stay with us for an hour. That was just a bonus. That is becoming the norm for many operators. And to your point, the biggest challenge has been we didn't design a kitchen to produce 300 meals an hour or a menu to produce 300 meals an hour. We designed it to do 150 really good meals at the 150 seats out front. And now all of a sudden we have 150 seats out front and 300 more orders. We now have 450 orders coming in at our peak time. So immense shift in uh, designing your kitchens, designing your restaurants, immense shift in how do we process these orders. At Panera Bread right now, they're literally removing seats and putting in racks to store the pickup food. I mean, even Panera Bread is changing what they already had was a quick service model, and now they're even shifting just in the last year. Wow. Yeah, So, and, and then the other, like you, I think you noted, another enormous challenge is the menu that you order when you sit down and it comes out of a kitchen hot 
within 10 to 15 minutes, hand-prepared. That's our favorite meal, organically grown, locally farmed. It's exactly what we wanted. But throw 20 to 30 minutes on that. Throw a paper container. I don't know, a plastic container, a microwavable container, and then just put the food in there, not on a hot plate, but in a cold container. Is it going to taste the same 30 minutes from now? Yeah, the chefs are very worried about this. Very worried because it's not. Different foods interact differently. When the Uber DoorDash driver gets your pickup and then drives around on the bike, drives around in the car, the food's going to shift. It's going to shake. It's going to blend together. Because the server brings the food out, puts the plate down. The food's exactly where it was, 50 feet away in the kitchen. Now it has to go three and a half miles in 30 to 40 minutes. So very different problems coming out for restaurateurs and the customer. The ease of ordering, but the challenge of delivering the product now. Yeah, and it certainly it certainly speaks to sort of taking that time, the value of taking that time to go sit in a restaurant and enjoy a meal and just to appreciate the the tastes and how things, you know, how things are presented and how they ta- how they hit our taste buds in a different way than in when they're thrown together in a carton and driven around and finally make it home. And you may be even cold, so you have to reheat it, which creates a whole different situation. That really touches on sort of the uh, digital aspect of of how it's changing it. But what about when you're talking about uh, the process for the servers, for example, and the ability to be able to customize orders more specifically or to use, you know, with your with your dining software, I would imagine the uh, servers are able to accommodate a lot more specifics that are for the the customers as well. Is that something that is appreciated by the the restaurants or is that looked at as another complexity? No, as as uh, software and devices have grown just before the full customer driven technology if we back up just a little bit, back inside the restaurant. Servers uh, are able to use uh, varying tablet devices, iPads and tablets to actually be at the table and actually take your order. When you sit down, the first line of questioning is, can we get you something to drink today? And instantly, of course, that's the first thing everybody wants, whether it's just water or iced tea or a cocktail. But the customer wants to be touched, approached, you know, uh, quickly, and they want to know that something's in process. So by being there with a tablet at the table side, you know that the server took your order and hit a button. You just know innately that that's happening. Well, that order is already over at the bar prep station or drink station and is in process. The server hasn't even left the table that then gives them a chance to get to know you a little more, talk about the specials. There's no added pressure of I got to run over to the computer, enter your order, then run over to the bar. These drinks may even come out while I'm still talking to you as a server. We're talking about things in life. Uh, We're talking about maybe you recently had a life event, an anniversary, a birthday. There was a big football or baseball game. It gives the server more opportunity to be humanly productive uh, with the customer and make the experience more enjoyable and cover 
specials that are going on at the restaurant with a little more detail. So it also allows them to present pictures. Oh, let me show you what our special looks like tonight. They literally turn the tablet over and they bring up a picture of the item. This is what our salmon looks like tonight. Ooh, that looks great. Wow, I'll just get that. You know, an instant opportunity to sell, to upsell. These are the wines we have. Let me show you a picture of the bottles. Yeah, I never remember the name. Right, well, here's the wines we have. Oh, I recognize that bottle. Great, I'll have one of those. So it, it empowers the servers, not just the customer, but empowers the servers to offer a better experience uh, leveraging the technology available. I love it. And I think that there's, you know, that visual aspect is something that's so critical because sometimes it's really hard to, with a description or with the name of something, it's like, ooh, is that what I ordered last time? Or is that, you know, does, is that going to be something that's appealing to me? One thing that I'm, I'm kind of curious about that, you know, you, we get a lot of conversation. People are always bringing up the fact that people sit with their phones in restaurants and that delays the whole process. They're sitting at tables longer. They're not getting their orders in longer or for longer periods of time because they're sitting reading something rather than reading the menu and the delays there. Do you find that any of your restaurants or any of your clients are asking about ways to counter that kind of behavior in their restaurants so that people have more human interaction, or is that something that's sort of out of the scope of what they want from their digital provider? So it's, it's, it's an interesting conundrum. Uh, I'll give you a couple funny stories and a couple scenarios. One is the decision of the operator to actually offer Wi-Fi. I have some customers, they do not offer Wi-Fi to the guests specifically so that the guests do not interact with Wi-Fi and their phones or tablets or pop open their computers. They're doing it so that you participate in the experience. That is not the majority of people, but those people do exist. Those operators exist that they put it away. You're here for an hour. It's our turn. It's our job. Let us make this hour a fantastic time and move forward. Uh, there are other people that encourage it. One of the challenges is that basically by offering Wi-Fi, it's one of the few moments that people are sitting down for the day, not riding their bike, scooter, driving, off to the next meeting, constantly walking you know, with blinders on down the street, but they sit down and it's a catch-up moment. So you'll see a lot of people sit alone now in restaurants, and that's their moment to go, I'm gonna stop, have lunch, and pause. They're not really pausing. They're catching up on their technology. They're catching up on their emails. They're catching up on texts and maybe scanning that Facebook. And you are correct. All of a sudden, I'm there for an hour and a half. I didn't need to be. The service was excellent. The food was great. I was done in 45 minutes, but I'm breathing now. I'm, I'm getting through some of my digital technology. This is a challenge. Years ago, in fine dining restaurants, there was a trick, and the trick used to be, we don't want them here for two and a half hours, but we do want them here, just not that long. You would actually raise the seats, the rear spokes of, of a chair, up about an inch, and it would lean you forward towards the table, just enough that you didn't quite notice, but you sort of 
slide off your seat, but you wouldn't slide off. But it was just motivating enough that your body said, well, I'm done here. I can't sit like this for longer. Uh, so they actually designed the furniture so that your body would say, time to move on. So I don't know if any of these tricks are going to come back because I see a lot of cushions and leather couches now in uh, restaurants. And it seems like they're asking you to fall in and pop open your notebook and your phone and your iPad simultaneously and, and not leave. So I, I can't tell you what's going to happen next, but there is a, a quandary between these two things. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. One of the other things that we, we talked about was just the fact that just having a great restaurant, even having a great restaurant that's well-located is no longer a guarantee that you're going to fill seats. And so the, the challenge of how do you, you know, the whole dynamic of people going out to eat and people are doing a lot more of the takeout and whatnot. So what are some of the things that you've observed with your clients that they've tried to do to fill those seats to make sure that, you know, you got a you got a good restaurant, you got a good location. How do you get those seats filled and how do you get people to come and, and return? So some of the technologies that have come out uh, related to reservations and host seating have been very helpful once again for the consumer and also help the operator pre-fill seats, as to say. So they knew they had some expected business coming in and they could staff accordingly. One of those things, though, is that customer on demand. Well, ironically, this weekend, we were literally on our way into the city from out of the city and contacting restaurants and hoping for an immediate response, whether it was via an app to their a reservation system or whether it was a call to the host or hostess. We as customers are expecting an immediate answer an immediate resolution to, hey, if we're going to go there tonight, let's get a reservation. Let's make sure we have a table. And we demand that as customers. So as the operators, they have to be available. Calling in at seven o'clock on a Friday night and not getting a person is detrimental to the business because leaving a message won't happen anymore. If there's not a technological way or a person at the end of that line, I'm going to pick up, move on to the next place until I get a confirmation that we're good, let's drive there, let's park the car, and we all know we're going to have a table when we get there. Customers have very high expectations of operators, and operators have quite a juggling match of two tops, four tops, six tops, eight tops, not knowing the expected time for someone to sit linger for an extra half hour because they haven't seen each other for years, or they're going to be in and out in 30 minutes because they're off to a play or off to a show. That same table could last an hour and a half. It could last 30 minutes. And the operator has to juggle this throughout, of course, the peak business times, which is very difficult. So leveraging the technology and having a, a voice available that can visually see, visually make a decision and say, yes, we want you to come dine with us tonight. I will have a table for you. That's very important. But to that point, in those reservation systems, I know I've, I've experienced personally, when you go, for example, on vacation to a vacation destination, 
People seem to use these systems to basically reserve every night while they're they're there. So, for example, in a ski resort that may be limited amounts of restaurants. So all of a sudden you arrive, if you haven't booked in advance, there's no tables available unless you want to go get a slice of pizza or go to a place that doesn't take reservations. How do you see that evolving? Well, I think that's a challenge. Uh, when you use a specialty operation, like you say, a ski resort or a water park, people are only there in mass for a period of time on certain days of the week. I could send you to any ski resort in the country on Tuesday and you could walk in and dine anywhere you want. But on Friday, Saturday, or a holiday, there's 10,000 people and there's 5,000 seats. Half the people aren't going to get a seat. There's nothing we can do about it other than trying to manage expectations. Uh, what we can do is promote, please come in at 430. Please enjoy us for a late dinner. So using the technology, we can inform them. There are no tables available at this time, but we do have tables available at this time, and we'd like to offer you an incentive to join us. Adjust your schedule. Obviously, we can only feed so many people every moment, and most people understand that. And then if you throw them a little incentive, and, and I mean little, it's just a little something, you know, then all of a sudden the consumer says, all right, well, I understand. I didn't book two years in advance um, <laughs> at the finest restaurant, but you know what? They didn't mind I came in at 4.30. They didn't. They actually encouraged me to come in. So that's, that's an opportunity for the restaurant if they want to expand their business during those peak times. Yeah, no, I, th I think that that's absolutely true. And that's where that's where happy hour comes in, right? So uh, <laughs> you go have your happy hour dinner. <laughs> One of the other things that I think a lot of people are concerned about is in terms of automation and robotics and, and things like that. I mean, it's one thing to be able to do your order on a, you know, on a tablet that's being presented to you by a server or a hostess. And it's another with, you know, a lot of the, or not a lot, but certainly some of the fast food places, they're doing everything fully automated. Where do you see things going in terms of automization and and sort of the, the people that are working in the hospitality industry? How is that evolving? So it's become kind of, I guess you kind of mentioned it a little bit before, it's, it's become more of a production facility, I guess you'd say. Uh, there is an art form, as we'd say, in the front of the house. There is an art form in the back of the house. But the customers are putting very stringent kind of demands on their needs, which kind of turns us into a production facility if we go that direction. And let me tell you what I mean by that. I can present a menu uh, where people go, wow, three kinds of steak, duck, chicken done four ways. I got fish. I got halibut. I got salmon. I got proteins. I got three veggie dishes. This menu's fantastic. If you're the consumer and went and read a menu, you'd say, I could bring anybody here and there's definitely something they're going to find. The challenge with that is that's the art form. But if we need production, 5,000 people on Saturday, I can't offer all those things. 
I can't hold all those items. I can't produce them fast enough to get that 45-minute table turn. So I'm going to have to give somewhere. Am I about serving 5,000 people or am I about serving 50 people? A little more for a premium, but the product is going to have the diversity, the uniqueness, uh, allow the chef to make independent decisions that aren't necessarily based on, I need to feed hundreds and hundreds of people an hour. So it's, it's, it's quite a challenge for the operators. They have to pick a direction, to be honest. Some people do both for lunch. They have a limited lunch menu to move people in and out. If you have a, a city lunch restaurant, they cut down the menu, they, they drop it to half a dozen sandwiches, and everybody's done in 30 minutes or less. And the customer likes that. And then when the dinner turn comes, they take reservations and they don't exceed more than what we call a turn, a full seating. They don't exceed more than one and a half or two turns for the night. And that's all they can handle because they expand the menu. They allow the chef to be more creative at night. So flexibility in the operation is going to be up to the owners and the chef and the production crew. In terms of automating, how do we take uh, take some of the people out, as we say? There's such low unemployment. There's a need for higher a payment to staff. So if you have less staff and can pay them more and they're more productive, that could be an answer. Uh, we're going to enable them with technology. At as you say at fast food restaurants, you know when you uh, the they hit the button, Coke or iced tea or whatever the soft drink is, the button there triggers a machine to drop ice to move the cup size over and to fill the cup. So an automation like that from the point of sale all the way through, it's very real. Additional automations, I don't know right now where they go in the kitchen. I think that's a quandary. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, to acknowledge the artisanal value of good food, well-prepared and, and really, you know, prepared with heart. People are passionate about creating good food. And uh, I think, you know, it's important to recognize that that's something that, you know, you really can't automate in some ways. So, and, and the, just the experience of going to a fine dining restaurant or, a, you know, a place where they've got friendly servers or, and it's not just restaurants, but I think in, in uh, any environment in hospitality, having a friendly face makes all the difference in the world. So I'm glad there's still people around to make that happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the people are going to go away. We've been talking about it being in this industry so long. When we wrote the software programs years ago, we kept saying each day, you know, just one more feature. And every day someone said you wrote more software, we were going to displace more people. The interesting part is we made people more productive we made owners more efficient, and we actually are able to, like you said in the end, serve a better product by leveraging these technologies we have. We have uh, kitchen equipment that cooks, steams, grills, all within a single device in a highly efficient and fast manner that years ago we were putting briquettes out back and, you know, hoping we had the timing right, you know, when we put the wood in or, or started the grill. So we've come quite a ways with being productive and efficient through our equipment, through our technologies, reporting on technologies. The refrigerator now reports to you if it's 
from a food quality and safety standpoint. It can alert you on your phone that your refrigerator has gone. If it was 32 degrees and it dropped to 36, it'll let you know. So you can be on top of that problem and help uh, solve your own potential food quality challenges. We've had a lot of reports of miscellaneous food diseases, but now even the storage devices and containers are assisting staff, not replacing staff, but assisting them to produce better product. I love that. And going back to one of your earlier points, I love the fact that, you know, when you help automate some of the sort of the menu experience, for example, of sending those things in directly, but also being able to shoot images and things. It provides the server the space to be able to really interact with the customer in a totally different way because they're not running back and forth to the terminal. And uh, really what it comes back to is, is that human connection and how food can actually, food and beverages can really bring people together for a wonderful experience. So I really appreciate the work that you're doing in the space of hospitality and having worked many years ago in hospitality industry. I wish we'd had that then because, you know, there's only so much you can keep in your head when you're trying to keep people's orders straight. So <laughs> That's right. Let me, let me give you one, one last story here. Sure. That while we, 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 the so-called expert computer guys, help operators, operators and their staff are highly creative with this technology as well. Our very first wireless install, actually, I executed one of the very first wireless installs in a movie theater in the USA years ago. And two quick funny stories. One is uh, we went to go live with these handheld and devices that you would put on your belt to print. You'd kind of almost look like the Hertz rental car agent, but you were able to go to a seat in a movie theater, order your food, print your receipt, swipe your credit card all simultaneously. This was in 2004. 15 years ago, we could do this. So the first implementation, we're out there. We have all the devices set up, all the trainings done, and we head down for live night. We learned that women don't wear belts, (laughs) and we had nothing to attach these devices to. (laughs) So we had to be creative and, of course, ran to one of the local uh, stores and bought about 25 belts. And we quickly uh, made friends with all the ladies, judging which belt looked the best and all that. So that was one of the implementing technologies doesn't always go the way you thought, even though you thought it all out. So that's uh, kind of a funny story. And another quick, unique one was uh, the customer we put in the iPads, iPad one, the very first iPad that was ever came out from Apple, full size iPad. And nowadays it feels like it weighs uh, I still have it. It still it feels like it weighs like a you would never carry this around. But they did carry it around. And it was a restaurant and they went in and it was fine dining. And the last place you thought you'd see technology was a white tablecloth, five course meal restaurant. At least that's what I thought. This operator was so forward thinking back in the 2000s. We implement this. They love it. The servers love it. And then the server said, oh, wait, it's your anniversary? Hold on, I'll take your picture. What's your email address? So back before everyone had digital cameras and everyone had smartphones, the servers are taking these moment photos that nobody else had the technology to take 
and changing that experience into sending those photos off to those diners that had such a great experience at this restaurant, they never would have taken a photo. They never would have memorialized the dinner and it created it. So your uh, operators, not just us computer guys, they're pretty creative out there about creating neat experiences. So hats off to our industry. Well, I love that. And I think that's such a, a great reminder about the whole experience and capturing that moment, whether nowadays people are doing it via Instagram, but sometimes it's just, you know, hold that moment in your heart and remember it forever. And uh, that's what a great dining experience is, really. It's those memorable moments. So hats off to your servers for being creative to make those even more memorable. Mike, this has been such a treat having you on the show. And before we close out, I want to ask you, because I know you said before, you try to keep, you know, you'd have so much technology in your life for your work that you really try to keep it at a minimal and keep your digital footprint small. I'm just curious, sort of, what would be the ultimate technology for you that would add value to your life today? Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's funny just because there's so much technology. I I enjoy disconnecting, but I, I think a lot of people can say that. I, I enjoy, I guess, if I'm representative, I'm going to be the person that's coming into that restaurant. Maybe I did make a reservation. Maybe I did call. Maybe I am curious how they're presenting their food and meals. But I guess I'm I'm going to be the throwback guy and say, We're going to leave our phone down and we're going to enjoy the meal if we can. And we're going to talk to each other. I don't really have a a technology that solves that other than the fact of turning, turning off some of the technology. But of course, I'm going to use it all the way till I get to that table. And the servers are probably going to use it to take my order, which I respect. But then the opportunity for me not to be technologically on I, I guess I'm not sure that's the right answer, but it's uh, <laughs> at this point, I've seen a lot of trends coming back and I don't know, the seventies seem to be coming back for some reason. And, you know, no one knows why that's happening. Uh, so I guess uh, maybe a, a little retro uh, dining experience for folks uh, might be, you know, they might benefit from it. <laughs> I love it. And and uh, like we talked about before we started the show, one of my favorite apps on my phone is airplane mode and just turning it all <laughs> off. So sometimes that's what it takes, using the technology to keep your technology in check. So anyway, it has been such a treat having you on the show and look forward to following where digital dining and your hospitality data systems go in the future. I'm sure we'll see some really cool things coming up in the next decade or even in the next year. So it's been a treat to have you on and it was really fun reconnecting with you in the last week and doing some wonderful dining experiences while you were here. Thank you for reminding me of that. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, Heidi. Appreciate it. My pleasure. And thank you, Digital Selfers, for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and come back and join us and share it with others. Look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining us for the Evolving Digital Self. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app now so that you don't miss a single episode. 
While you're at it, please give us a rating and a review and join the digital self-mastery movement to create more conscious use of technology by sharing it and telling your friends. Want to see where you fit on the digital self spectrum and how it might be impacting your business and relationships? Get your free copy of Digital Self Mastery today by clicking on the link in the show notes.